to welcome this awesome woman of God, author of The Wilderness Saved and Suicidal, a writer, as well as a health and healing contributor of Mind Blowing Magazine, Tari Cox. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Doing good on this I'm so level. happy you came and, and accepted our invitation. Yes, absolutely. You are awesome. I've been looking at your Instagram and your story, but I want you to tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So, um... I, wow, that's a pretty <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> you know, those are always, whenever we get those questions, like, it's, it's you can go so many different ways with that. Right. Um, so, yes, I am an author of The Wilderness Save and Suicidal, which is um, almost like a memoir, but it's a very authentic and raw story behind my journey with mental illness um, over a span of several years, and um, which included me being hospitalized as well as several suicide attempts while all being saved. Um, and so um, the book itself is very raw, it's very authentic. You get to see the highest of highs when I truly do feel the peace of God. You get to see the lowest of lows of how I walk through those valleys with the Lord. Um, you also get to see what it looked like from as a child where some of these wounds came from. A huge part of my testimony is that um, what really took place with kind of the peak of everything was a toxic relationship that I was in. And so um, you have a front row seat to not what that looked like as somebody that came out of it and wrote afterwards, but what it looked like to walk through it with Jesus as well as um, being trained in this field and also being a black woman yeah. Um, right. So it's taboo for any of us to go through this. And so, um, yeah, that is a little bit about my story as a writer. Um, yes, as you mentioned, I am a contributor and writer for Mind Blowing Magazine. Um, this is something that has newly come about. So I'm really excited. Yes. Um, I write from a clinical perspective. I am um, provisionally licensed. So what that means is that I have a master's in clinical psychology and wow. I'm <laughs> I'm pursuing my licensure at the master's level. So um, as of right now, I am not currently practicing, but I am on my way to be doing that. Um, I have practiced in a college setting when I was in my graduate school career. Um, I've practiced at therapy there. I've done research. Um, I'm a little bit all over the place with what I've done in the field, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah. what I can say is that um, I really became a product of what I studied. And I didn't even know that that's what my life would end up looking like. That's so. how God does it, though. Don't you? Yeah. Have you noticed that? That's what he does. He sets us up. And we look back and be like, that's why you did it. That's why I'm here. Yeah, my suffering yeah. wasn't just for me, but it was, you know, for somebody else. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when did you know that you wanted to be a psychologist? You wanted to help people? Mm -hmm. So um, it all started when I was in high school. So a little bit about just, like, my family. Um, I have two older sisters and um, my second oldest sister and I, we were the first people to ever go to college. And so with that came a lot of pressure, but right. yeah. for me, it was kind of like, okay, I have no idea what I want to do with my life <laughs> in uh, high school. And so my mom was like, you know, going to nursing, da, da, da. And I was like, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> and so um, they had this CNA program when I was in high school and, you know, I did it and I actually got to take care of some patients and long story short, um, I realized that it was not for me very quickly. Right. <laughs> it's a whole other kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it was interesting because while I was in the facility, I was just very interested in what they were thinking at that age. Mm. But there, were, um, there were some of them that could not speak. 
Um, there were some of them that, you know, were very limited in their movement. And that was when I first became interested in the mind and how people thought as well mm -hmm. as um, growing up in high school and, you know, just kind of being that friend that people came to um, for insight. Like, you know, we always have that friend or we are oh, that gosh. friend. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how um, that kind of started. And so um, I ended up um, going into psychology when I was an undergrad. Um, I went to Winston-Salem State University. And um, that is where I was like, okay, I know I'm interested in psych, have no idea what I want to do with it. Um, and I got heavily involved in just different types of research from sleep to um, wow. the impact of HIV and STD on Black and Latino people in college. Oh. Which is, I was really just eager to get my, my feet in, you know, in the door. Um, but to be honest, and this is what a lot of people don't, don't realize, it wasn't until graduate school that I realized I actually wanted to do therapy. Because okay. um, I pursued a, a degree in clinical psychology because there's so many different things that you can do with it. You can practice, you can do research, you can do therapy. Um, and as I mentioned before, I was very into research. And so my whole point of even applying to the school I ended up going to was because I wanted to do research at the VA center. And um, just because of how God is, I ended up being offered a practicum at the VA center and at the counseling center um, at the graduate school I was attending. And so I was very torn because they're like, yeah, we've never had this happen, but which one do you want to do? Right. <laughs> from God and at this point I was I was saved but I was not um obviously I was not anywhere near where I am now because I had not gone through the trauma I had went through so I was very very um eager in my relationship with God but I wasn't as close to him yeah. I heard from the Lord to pursue the um practicum at the counseling center and so um from there I just really fell in love with it but what was interesting is that while I was being used as a vessel for God's healing for other people, I was in need of it myself. And Damn. nobody would have known that, um, apart from those that have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. uh -huh. Those that, um, you know, paid close attention to me because I looked the part. Um, I was pretty good at what I was doing. You know, I was the only Black uh, person in my cohort. Like, it was just, you know, I just really looked like, wow, she's thriving out here. But I was yeah. actually a silent sufferer. And so, oh, my gosh. So how did you find that balance while you were, you know, trying to find your niche but going through your own personal struggle? Like, what kept you together or how did you, like, wear that mask for so long? And how well, how long did you wear the mask well? <laughs> well, first, Jesus. Like, wholeheartedly with Jesus. Yes, but, yes. Um, I wore the mask, I would say, for... I wore it for years. I just didn't know I was wearing it. So I okay. thought about yeah. my mindset, um, I didn't have a language for some of the things that I was feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of, um, though I mentioned before, I was in a toxic relationship that led to me being uh, suicidal, but yeah. underneath all that was stuff from my childhood of just abandonment and, you know, rejection and things like that. Just stuff that as Black people, we don't ever think that it's that serious. Yeah, right? yeah. But, so I wore this mask of just kind of feeling unhappy for years. And when I was in graduate school, before anything ever happened, before I got into any relationship, I had dealt with a huge culture shock because I went to an HBCU and then the school I went to was a PWI for grad school. And so oh. that in itself, it wasn't just like a, you know, a PWI that's like, you know, out in the open. It was a Hicktown PWI. Like, it was oh, okay, okay. so it was just like, I was already very unhappy, but I told myself, it's just two years. Mm -hmm. I can do but so I was constantly forcing myself to um, 
just get through it, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, we so know. Finding, yeah, finding that balance was, I, I think that's the issue because I kind of didn't. And that's like where, you know, God, he works all things together for our good. So, you know, yeah. trajectory that I'm on now to be able to become licensed and then, you know, pour out this story to other people as it relates to walking your calling, but taking care of yourself. Um, I don't think I ever mastered that balance. I just think that God gave me the grace to endure what I went through. But I also think that I was really good as many of us are as black people at yeah. hiding you know, what we really go through. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of what it looked like for me when I was in graduate school. But um, it actually wasn't until I got out of grad school that I was hospitalized and that I went through the suicide attempts and things like that. So that just goes to kind of show you that you can have the degrees, you can have the, mm -hmm. man. Um, yes. you know, I was very, I was hit with a lot of things. I had no idea what I was doing. As I mentioned before, I was in a toxic relationship. Um, so yeah. That's so what your story, your story is um, similar to a lot of ours. Yeah. Because with the toxic relationships, mm -hmm. with the curiosity of the mind, my sister here, she's, she's been talking about this for, for at least a year or two about how She's just curious, out of nowhere. I'm just curious about the mind. I just want to kind of know about that. Yeah. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? So it's like, I see myself in you mm -hmm. yeah, in a lot right. of ways, which is why I was like, oh, she's coming. You know, she can. we're going to be able to pick her brain. Now, in regards to the mental health portion, mm -hmm. it's disproportionately, um, it's not talked about yeah. in the Black community as much as it is in our counterpart, with our counterparts. But me in particular, I have it, it's rampant in my um, family. My mm -hmm. sister, just like you said, how you had to be hospitalized. Mm -hmm. My sister yeah. is in and out of the hospital, but hers is mental hospitals. She mm -hmm. is schizophrenic and bipolar. Again, mm -hmm. this, is, this is the diagnosis that she's had since maybe like 18. Mm -hmm. So now it has, it, has, it has gotten to the point to where she's unre unrecognizable. She's mm -hmm. like all over the place mm -hmm. so with that being said there's actually not too much help that we've encountered here in houston that's where we are mm -hmm. I, I, there's not too many people that help us what, mm -hmm. what i mean by that is she'll have an episode and go mm -hmm. to a mental hospital maybe about for three days mm -hmm. and then she's out again just you know so it's no mm -hmm. no actual help to where she can be in a place for maybe like three to six months getting actual treatment they don't yeah. they, they they figure that she's just i don't know if it's racial i'm sure it is underlined somewhere but i just don't know exactly who to speak to and who to talk to but it's mm -hmm. just like uh it's just what i'm trying to say is it's not talked about it's like shied away from like we don't even tell anybody in our family what's going on with her but she mm -hmm. is definitely very very mental and it is rampant in our community because i see it all the time you know, mm -hmm. we have that uncle or that, that aunt that we always mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, she's probably yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. what advice would you give to someone who is like battling a mental disorder or depression or just, you know, dark thoughts that could go suicidal? Yeah. So from a clinical perspective, I would definitely say that it's important to get help as soon as possible. Yeah. So where I messed up was thinking that it wasn't severe enough for me to get help yeah. because now my family and again in black culture we are taught to kind of pull ourselves up our bootstraps and yeah. you know yep 
you're you're fine you know yeah. and so it wasn't as much as I was getting that from my family I was telling myself that like that's literally like I was I've always been a very um just very persistent person like nothing's gonna stop me I'm just gonna keep going yeah, yeah. and um I had that mentality for for years all through undergrad you know and until it got it kind of got the best of me and so I would definitely say a person that is experiencing dark thoughts or suicidal thoughts or on the brink of even just know that there's never seek psychological services or seek help because at the end of the day I do believe seeking counseling <laughs> I did I did end up seeking counseling um and it was actually not on my own will it was one of my colleagues she was kind of like hey she could just kind of see that I wasn't doing good yeah and um again that well, it's a shame that it took for somebody else to tell me that I wasn't yeah. doing okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I think you have to learn to be very honest with yourself, like with what you need. And yes. so, um, yeah, that's, that would be the advice I would give. How, okay, so with the site, with the, with the, the person that you spoke to, it, it literally helped you? Like you felt better after speaking to her? That was my first time going. So my first time actually, um, so my program was two years. My first time actually seeking counseling was um, my, the end of like my first semester. Yeah, no, going into my second semester of my first year. And it was actually a white male. Wow. And so, um, yeah. Different. Yeah. And so I, it's interesting because as soon as I had my intake session, and I was on a waiting list because they provided free services. And, you know, the school that I went to, um, they were very big on taking care of your mental health. Um, and that's another issue. You see that a lot more PWIs than you do HBCUs. Right. So in either the first time I went there, I just broke down. Like he hadn't even, he literally said, you know, he got to know me a little bit. He said, okay, so tell me why you're here. And I just could not stop crying. And I was like, I have oh no idea gosh. why I'm crying. Like, I was fine that day. Right. Really? I was literally yeah. That day, yeah. and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. He was like, It's probably because of the environment. And then when he started to ask me certain probing questions, because you know they do a long list of just like things in your family and all that, I kind of looked and I'm like, Tari, do you realize what's coming out of your mouth? <laughs> like yeah. you should have been here, and everybody else attached to you should have been here. Yeah. So yes, it did help. Um, it helped, but I I didn't stay with him that long because so. It, it was just like a little finick, finicky situation because um, I ended up working at that center. <laughs> so they had to do interesting. like interesting, like, you know, weaving kind of in terms of um, HIPAA and all that, that stuff right. to where, you know, so I, I, was, I had to go see someone else, which, you know, they were helpful as well. But all that to say, even though I did invest, um, I, I wasn't consistent. I got to a place right. where I thought that I was okay. And not only that, um, my my priority became my success as opposed to my my mental health. Right, so I, we do it all believe, the time. Yeah, yeah. I believe now that um, in conjunction with you know my relationship with God, and if I would have you know continued therapy, um, it's possible that I would not have ended up in the state that I I did end up in. So yeah. Okay, you know, this is so interesting to me. The whole mental health aspect of everything. Okay, because I don't know, well, you probably don't know, but I went to counseling for um, when my son passed away. He was killed um, about nine years ago. But the lady didn't really help me in, in any way at all. Maybe I don't think I was ready. 
I wasn't, you know, I was kind of shut off. Maybe that was the case. But I'm really interested in going. And I think that that would benefit me a lot. I think it'll benefit us a lot as people. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole point that I'm trying to make is we need to seek help like that. Because like yeah. you said, we'll, we'll just put it on our backs and just keep going. Knowing that we're being weighed down and it, it's just not right. And it's always in the black community. But my next question to you is, how do you incorporate God in your career? So, um, so as I mentioned, I'm not currently practicing right now, but um, I can speak from a place of, well, I can really speak from now, but I would imagine you're asking like, as it relates to being in the mental health profession. Yeah. So I can speak yes. to when I was doing my practicum, which was basically uh, 20 hours a week. And I was seeing college students on a regular basis in a counseling center, like a therapist. I had my own client load and everything. So, um, and at this point, I was very, very deeply intimate with, in my walk with Christ. Um, so what I found, because I, I'm not, I, my, my goal is to be faith-based, but yeah. they come there with the expectation that, you know, we are receiving whatever they bring to the table, which is exactly how it should be. Yeah. So the way that I was able to incorporate God into that experience for myself, as well as those that desired it was, um, we do ask or in any, you know, therapist should what their religious beliefs are. Right. And, um, if for some reason, you know, someone did say they were Christian, I had, I think it was two, maybe three that were, um, I get, I, I would give them the floor to open the door for that conversation. I let them lead it. And um, all the while, more often than not, I was praying, you know, silently yeah. and just you know, asking Holy Spirit to, um, to really like direct the conversation. I would do that anyway with what, whoever came in. Right. Um, but it's very interesting because as I mentioned, my goal is to be a faith-based um, therapist and that's yes. where, where I will be in Jesus name. Um, but I can speak <laughs> where I know I will be and what I will use as it relates to the clinical side and the faith side. So, um, there's a psychologist, her name is Dr. Anita Phillips, and she, she says, um, therapy is the strategy, prayer is the weapon. Yes. And as someone that's walked through it, is trained in it, and, you know, has the Holy Spirit, and I walk in the truth of God's word, I will never, I will never overshadow the truth of God's word with what we have come up with in the natural clinic. Wow. I will also not overshadow these very real experiences that Jesus died for anyway. Yes, so it's sir. a fine balance. And I really believe that one can only know how to operate within that balance by having Holy Spirit because he guides us. Yes, he um, does. But I will never dilute the truth of God's word that says that freedom is our portion. Whatever healing resources he will give us, but I will never submit to the lie. Yes. That this yeah. is supposed to be somebody's eternal life that they yes, live sister. now. I will never. So that's how I incorporate it into where I am right now. And as it relates to, you know, when I was in my practicum, I was very big on um, praying beforehand, praying after. Um, I would pray for my clients. Like, I really would. Oh. And, there were, and those that were believers, you know, especially if they were having a hard time, depending on whatever the presenting concerns were, I yeah. would let them know that I was praying for them before our session ended. Um, I did not ever pray for them in session, but um, okay. <laughs> that was something that honestly, as I mentioned before, because God confirmed to me that I will be faith-based permanently, like 
um, that's something I'll have free range to do when I do get there. But exactly um, beforehand, you know, I was very, it, it was one of those things where God was like, you know, I can still be present. Like I yeah. can still be present in your I session. Still, and we kind of, we kind of don't put that together that he can be present in our everyday lives and the everyday, everything that we do as far as our careers and all of that, that is just now coming to me and I'm older. So, you know, that is, a lesson that I've I've encountered. You're right. You can put him in there. But I also have a question. I had a question. I had a question. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love it. Because <laughs> this, this is so good. So how do you separate um the client story? Like, you know, for me, because I'm their strong friend, sometimes people tell me their business and I get like, so involved in it and then here yeah. I am taking on this, yeah. I'm taking on this, this, you know, the feelings and the stress of it all. So how do you separate yourself from taking on somebody else's pain? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so again, I can speak from when I was actually practicing. Um, so I had to remember that I was a vessel and I wasn't the savior. <laughs> um, and, and that's very hard because especially, you know, I believe that God is very strategic and I say this all the time. And this is, again, as someone that I'm not, you know, I keep saying this because it's so important because the, the technicalities behind licensure, although I'm not licensed right now. Yeah. And I will be, um, it is not being a therapist is not just something somebody can just put on. Like yeah. you could, I do believe that God equips therapists in such a unique way, just like he does anybody else in any other profession. You just have to be you know, keen to it. You have to understand what goes into it. And so with that, I believe that he's designed certain people that, you know, have the ability to feel things deeply like myself or you, yeah. or, you know, with that almost as if that is the opening to actually be able to intercede on behalf of those people. So mm -hmm. we get to, this is what I've discovered. Um, we get, it's almost like he gives us a, the most intimate way that we can understand a person's pain not to carry it but to intercede on behalf of that person and to bring it back to him because ultimately that's where they need to go to anyway and so um what i would constantly do and i can honestly use my you know my relationship that i was in because i was carrying his pain which led me right. to my own and one thing that i did learn is that god does not favor him more than he favors me Right. And the degree that that was having an impact on me, that was not godly. <laughs> it actually, I made, I, I almost made his freedom an idol, in yeah. a way. Oh my! You're talking to you're talking to the choir. We, that, yes. yes. So yes. I have to yes. really go back to the word of God and and God's heart because God's heart is that you know His yoke is easy, His burden is light, and Damn. so no matter what that looks like, His yoke is easy, His burden is light. Right. So I've had, I had clients that came in and I had suicidal clients. I did. I had suicidal clients. I had clients that were severely depressed. Um, I had clients that I was concerned about, like genuinely concerned about, not just as someone that, um, you know, as a therapist, you have this ability to empathize in a way that's just not understood, but also as someone that was nobody knew, but I was walking through my own stuff. Yes. <laughs> so I understood, but I had to consistently remember that the Lord is sovereign and I had to remember that he is the savior and I'm just the vessel. Yes, so, sister. Um, and me to just, you know, spend time in prayer. Really? Yeah. I mean, you, you are parallel to my sister. Right. <laughs> as you're, as you're talking, I'm listening to her and her stories. That is so funny. Yeah, it is, it's like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but how did you become the contributor of mind blowing magazine how did that even come about 
that is wow definitely a god thing like so um, <laughs> it really seriously is so um i it was a divine connection by god and um essentially i was my book became the topic of conversation and um it was kind of like a picture of like best case scenario you know you can write an article and you know it just kind of took off from there where hey this is going to be a thing if you want it. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't anything that I necessarily had to go looking for. It wasn't anything that it really was just a God thing. It really was a manifestation of your gifts would make room for you. Like, so wow. um, that scripture literally was just kind of, it came to life for that, um, this aspect of sharing my story. And um, what I love about it is that while my book is a huge part of me, it is not all that I am. Right. And so um, I'm able to speak and we've only, you know, released one issue with me in it so far, but just different things that are going to be coming out. It's just, I'm excited because I get to speak to different things that aren't just confined to, you know, saved and suicidal or, you know, right. my book is taking my experience, taking my um, relationship with God and taking my knowledge of, um, you know, clinically, and pairing that with whatever topics come about. So that's how it really came about. It's not like, it, I don't really have a really fancy story. It really just right. was a God. Yeah, it really it's was. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Our story is similar. I um, saw them. It's a lady. What's her name? I follow a lady that is on, she was on the first cover. Do you know her name? She's like, yes. I was following her and they were talking about the magazine and how it's new and everything. I jumped out on, I don't do this. This is not me. I, I don't. But I said, you know what? I'm going to email them. If they're new, I'm going to email them and see if, they, if there's anything that we can do. You know, tell them about our podcast. I didn't think anything of it. Three months later, I get an email and they were like, hey, <laughs> we'd like for you to be a part of our magazine. You, you already know we was so I was like, she didn't even tell me that she even pitched it. I didn't even tell her. I was like, oh, you did? You didn't even tell me. That's because I did it on the whim. It was the Lord. He had, he tapped me and was like, go ahead and send this email. Go ahead and send this email really quick, you know? And I did it. I wasn't thinking anything of it. I thought that they were going to be like, girl, they responded. So that's how we became featured. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's God. That is the Lord right there. That's Listen. him. That's how he works. I love it him reminds so much. Me of, um, you know, David, he was tending the sheep in the Bible. They went looking for him to yes. anoint him as king. Like, yes. so people <laughs> will find you. Like, hello? Yes. <laughs> it's the Lord. So, You're saying it. Yes. Oh, yes, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. You have anything else, sweet sister? Oh, so I was just going to say, so going through your suicidal um, season, Thank mm -hmm. God that's over. Um, Amen. Going through that, um, did you find yourself getting closer to God? Like, is that something that kind of just like drew you, like, to your <laughs> knees? Like, hey, I, I got to get something. literally. Like, that's it's 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 all up in here because yeah. God, I he I never felt him closer. Like, it was just. I have one of those stories. I did not grow up in church. I had nobody really around me that, I mean, of course, I had my grandmother when I was kind of young and I had went to church with her a few times, but a pure relationship with God was not priority in my family. Wow. It's one of those things of like, you know, say your grace. Yeah. 
you know, if somebody gets hurt, you know, pray for them. But wow, a, a actual like pursuit of God yes. was not in my family. Not that you know, th- there there's no such thing. Like it's not like they don't believe in Him. Of right. course, yeah. Like pursuing a relationship with Jesus and knowing what that entails that's to be saved and have yeah. access to eternal life and all the benefits. Man, I didn't. Yeah. That's something that was not a thing, and so. It was definitely during my most painful seasons and my most painful moments, and I talk about it in my book, that I began to learn the character of Jesus. Because, and it's interesting, and I actually have a journal entry in my book. I wrote in August, I believe it was the 26th of 2018, I wrote a letter to God when I got to grad school. And pretty much that letter says, and it's in the book, again, no idea that there would be a book, no idea that I would walk through what I walked through, no idea that I would even... None of it. Yeah. In the in the letter, I literally said, I want to get to know you in a intimate way to where I will not ever deny your existence. Wow. And that's yes. what he did. He did that. But God is strategic in that it I wasn't consumed by it. And what's so interesting about my story is that there were so many moments where I thought the the season of darkness had finally ended. <laughs> I really did. And that was, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that's kind of like what happened to me really over time. I got to a place of hopelessness. Um, I thought that it was finally over when I, you know, graduated grad school, got the job here, you know, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this was actually the place where um, my ex, he lived and I didn't apply for the job here because of him. I asked the Lord to not put me here if we weren't going to be together, actually. Yeah. And um, I applied to jobs all over. I don't know if you're familiar with North Carolina, but just raleigh durham like everywhere and i only got one job and it was here in charlotte and this happened to be where you know he lived and just within a matter of months when i moved here everything just flipped upside down and so i had really thought that it was finally my season of harvest and you know that a lot of things that i had walked through were finally settling yeah but um nonetheless every single time every single time there was a peak a, a valley God was right there. I mean, I just have so many vivid moments of just feeling the presence of the Lord and my moments with where I, I did nothing but cry. Like, <laughs> that's all I could do. And waking up every morning um, suicidal and literally out of my mouth saying, Lord, give me strength. And he did just yeah. that. Yeah. And that's all I said. I would say, Lord, give me strength. And it wasn't like a declaration, like in the name of Jesus, because yeah. honestly, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have it. I literally laid there in my bed. I said, Jesus, give me strength because I felt like I couldn't go on another day. So that's really, um, it is through such that darkness that I got to know God. Truly. There was no, there was nothing else. I didn't just wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to try to actually have an intimate relationship with God. (laughs) He used what would bring me to him. And it just so happened that it, it was this area in my life as it relates to, um, relationships and men. And that's kind of, God showed me that he's the best love I'll ever know. So, oh, yeah. gosh. Come on, amen. Man, <laughs> I, you are so awesome. I already knew that you were. I don't know how or why, but I knew that you were going to be awesome. And I knew that this was going to be a good interview in the sense of you feeding us. That's what we were. Yes. Oh, I, man. It's, it's Jesus. It is nothing but I already him. know. We already know. We know his, his, his touch, his hand. And he's yeah. been in our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has really showed up and showed out. So I'm just happy that you're here and that you, I have one question, one more question. Okay. And that is, how would you encourage anyone that may be afraid to step out and do what they love? 
or feel mm -hmm. led to do? Uh, do what they love, is that what you said? Yes. Um, whew. That's a tough one. Um, that's a tough one for me to answer because I'm trying to think. I was kind of, the, the way that God has dealt with me, he just kind of launches me into stuff. <laughs> so, right. um, whether yeah. I love it or not. <laughs> but um, as it relates to a desire of the heart, Mm -hmm. um you know his word says that he will give us the desires of our heart if we delight yeah. in him and a lot of the things that you know are in our heart it is from god and so i think that if you take a spin on it and think about it if if that desire if we're thinking about something that god has placed in our hearts that you know it's a it's a desire for him as well yeah that means that he trusts us with it <laughs> and that means yeah. that he us ahead that because he knew us before he formed us well, yeah. in our mother's womb. So that means that he's given us everything we need to walk it out and to get to that place. And so the Bible also says that he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Yeah. So that means that if there is any fear attached to that, it's not from God. Oh it's, to, it's to be rebuked, it's to be cast down, yeah. it's to submit to the name of Jesus. And so um, that is what I would... I would point some, that person back to the word of God, but I would also, um, you know, just in terms of practical ways, I would try to figure out where that's coming from. Yeah. If there is like a challenge with um, stepping out on faith and pursuing something that they love to do, um, is that challenge, like, is it an identity thing? Is it something related to um, a fear of failure? Is it, I don't even know how to begin? Is it, yeah. you know, some of that stuff is very real. And I can honestly say as someone that, I talk about it in my book as well. Pursuing licensure has not been an easy road for me because I did take my exam twice. I didn't pass it. I talk about it in the in the book. Wow. Um, and as you would imagine, that brought about a lot of. Um, I'm not going to say doubt because I know that I I know that I'm supposed to be doing that, <laughs> but it did bring about some. Um, how am I going to get past? How am I going to get from here to there? Right. <laughs> it, 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 it brought about like, okay, yeah. I just don't, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some things that we're not able to really solve or resolve in our minds without the word of God. It's just, that's just the truth of it. But yeah. I would definitely dig into what's, what's the challenge. Like, why is that person not really, yeah. Yeah. Why are they not feeling like they can actually um, step out on faith? And a lot of times I found within, people I know, it's a fear of failure. But as I mentioned before, if this is a desire um, and it, you know, it aligns with the word of God, it's not, you know, secular, you know, I'm speaking from a biblical perspective. Yeah. Um, it's not secular, then I would, I would bet that God put it there, which would mean it's right. a desire of his heart, which means that, well, if it's a desire of his heart and he's perfect in all his ways, then he made a mistake in choosing you to walk it out. So wow. Yeah. That was awesome. Yes. It, yes. <laughs> Love it. I love it so much. So anyone that's listening to us, go and get her book. It is The Wilderness Saved and Suicidal. Give them your um your social. Your social. So do you, do you have a website? A website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my Instagram is um so people are like, what does this mean? I'm like, it's just my name jumbled together. That's all it is. <laughs> so my Instagram is um, XRCito. So it's X-A-R-C-I-T-O. And that, again, is just my name scrambled together. It's nothing fancy whatsoever. But I think it's actually, <laughs> it looks cute though. It's nice. I like it. My life, like, you know, that's, I don't know. That's kind of like what happened in those years. I think, you know, God, he's, he's, he has a sense of humor because yes, I changed the Instagram name around 
that time. And I just, it just so happened to be like just a mesh of my letters of my name. So, yeah. um, and my website is also in my bio um, on Instagram. So it's www.taricox.com. And um, you can purchase my book there. I also have my book available on Amazon, but I prefer for people to purchase them through my website because I can actually sign those and I love to um, pray over the ones that I send out. So, oh, oh, you're so sweet. I know, Tori, you're so sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you so much for participating and coming and your spirit is so light. Yeah, I just Love feel it. so like at peace over here. Yeah, like, you look like it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just basking in the glory of the yeah. Lord that's all over you and within you. So I just really yeah. got you through for real. the Lord. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm so thankful for this opportunity, you guys. Like, this has been good to me, too. <laughs> it really has. Thank so. you. So yeah. sweet. Well, thank you. Many blessings to you. Yes. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life. And yes. with your practice, it's going to be unique. Yeah, yeah. amen. I receive amen. it. Well, thank you. Thank have you, a guys. good one, girl. Yeah, have a good time. Yeah, Enjoy your day. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye-bye. See you, bye-bye. Bye. So this Black Flow is going to be about Lyric Chanel, who lost her battle after years of fighting brain cancer. She was on my heart to do this, you know, in, in the sense of, of course, we see all kind of turmoil and stuff that happens in the world. But this particular baby just touched so many people, including myself. Mm -hmm. So I followed this baby maybe about... I'll say like the day before she was about to pass, something just came over me. I seen it before mm -hmm. and then I seen it again the next day, like a picture of her saying, you know, pray for her. So I click on it. And of course, you know how we're researching. Girl, I fell so in love with this baby. Mm, she was the epitome of strength. She was the epitome of God's spirit. I don't, I just can't even describe it. But she was going through all types of surgery on her brain, lost her vision. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all of that, she was dancing, singing, praising other people. She just put everything in perspective as to all the stuff that we go through yeah. in life that is we complain and it's so trivial compared to this baby and her brain cancer, the suffering, that the, she had suffering to the pain that she had to endure. And she still woke up and brought sunshine to her family, to the people. Her mom decided to chronicleize everything, which I'm glad she did because she moved everybody and she's gone now. She, she passed, passed away March 5th and she's with the lord now and she's not hurting she's not suffering and it just floored us and um, it's bittersweet that you know she's yeah. gone because like you said she brought so much joy and, and she I, we brought didn't reflection know yeah but i feel like she served her purpose here that's what her purpose was i feel yeah. i feel like he gave her the the 13 years of even not even 13 years however many years she was suffering which i think it was two i think she was diagnosed in at 11 mm -hmm. To where, just to show us yeah. that we complain and we we bicker and all that stuff, and it's not worth it. Yeah, life is short, and ever since I, I was introduced to this little baby, I don't know. I, have you I told, told you? You told me the other yeah. Yeah, but I'll say something like, "I'm not about to complain." That baby lyric Ch Chanel did not complain. Did she one did time not on the phone with us, you see, you I've been it. saying it ever since then. She yeah. didn't complain. Let me get up. Yeah, she wanted to live. I'm, I know she did. Her mom kept saying, "She y'all are complaining about this, yeah. and all she wants to do is live." Yeah. 
So that was my black flow, just to kind of give us awareness of her perspective, perspective, persevering through adversities that have to. We can get through anything. We can get through anything we, and everything. We and put our mind, you know, to it. You yeah, know? yeah. Pray, you know, it's got to be our strength. I wanted to say, and I was trying to show you her, and she already floored you in that one little video. Oh my god, y'all! She was so awesome. Oh, so tell them god what um, her. what her Instagram is, so maybe they can go oh, and yes. check it out. Her her Instagram is Young Chanel, but it is spelled different it is hold on okay so it's y-h-u-n-g dot chanel and it's c-h-a-n-e-l y'all go check out her um her instagram because her mom is still posting videos of her and you know motivating us to keep going because like i feel like did. that's really what you know god used her i guess you want to say her latter years yeah. of of her little short life yeah. to encourage us to, to see if somebody her her age can be going through all this stuff, having your brain cut open. Oh my god! Then it's like, and if she can smile and dance and all, and she still, still be full dancing. of life. Then full to of me, life. I feel like we should kind of find that same kind of strength within ourselves yeah. to keep moving no matter because, what. Because I mean, it was serious, you know. It was very serious. It was life or death. Yeah, and she was still, you know enjoyed it, it. the little bit that she had and shout out to Trey the Truth even though I don't know him but I'll still shout him out shout but out that man Truth. was awesome in her last final days he was taking her shopping just kind of giving her light you know yeah. and she called him Uncle Truth and it was just no, no, Uncle Trey. Wait, yeah. Uncle Trey, baby. Like, well, his name Trey the Truth, so he could have Uncle, Uncle Truth. Uncle Truth, it could have been. I like it. <laughs> but it was Uncle Trey. Okay, she said Uncle Trey. Trey. Oh. And it was just sweet. And I wanted that to be our black flow for Thank today. Thank God for her little Chanel. God bless her soul. And you say young Young Chanel. Young Chanel. Bless Young Chanel God bless and her, her family. And Lord. her family. Oh, especially her mom, her Lord. Mama. I don't even know why I didn't say that yet. God bless her mom. Yeah. God bless her mom, her dad, her mm -hmm. sisters, her family. Her family because be it is her so hard. Yeah. It's so hard, but God bless them. They'll be fine. He'll give you the peace that you need yeah. to go on. So God bless you guys. Amen. Oh, before we get out of here, you know I have to extend the invitation to Christ. So this is for anybody who is familiar with God, newbies, OGs. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. Forgive us for our sins. Come into our hearts. Be our Lord. Write our name in your book of life that we belong to you. We love you. We thank you. Uh, lead us and guide us all days of our lives. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all for tuning in to the show. Until next time, thank you guys. be blessed. We love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for the support. Bye.